You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. Chuck, you just got back from a, an exciting trip to CNU in Seattle. Uh, how did that go? I'm kind of jealous I wasn't able to be there. Yeah, I did. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had a really good time. I mean, I, I was very quick in and quick out. Um, yeah. I've been traveling a lot and uh, wasn't actually sure if I was going to be at CNU this year. And then uh, kind of in the last month, they asked me to to host the debates again. And um said yes and so uh we scheduled that and i flew in thursday morning and flew back like really brutally early saturday morning um especially after a, a late night friday um so there are two days and uh it was great i mean not only did i get to see a lot of old friends i got to hear joe minicozzi put together a great presentation we met beforehand and i got to kind of give him some feedback and help the team there at urban three a little bit with the presentation and then, uh, watch him give it two hours. What was it about? It's fantastic. It's about Joe stuff. Okay. But about how doing the math will save the world and make things better. The best, I I mean, I'm, there was one line in there. There's a part of the presentation and it's, it basically is like bringing his best stuff together into one presentation for CNU. There was one point where he showed a a downtown uh, block that the buildings have been torn down and they put a downtown mall in, and he showed the the mall's failing now and you know just the standard stuff we see all the time. Mm-hmm. He showed what the tax base would have been with like comparable buildings, Com- you know, had they just left it there, had they done nothing. Uh, what it would have been, and it was like twenty-one million, and then today it's like three, three or four million, right? Oh my gosh! And the best—I mean, my favorite line of the thing is then he said, "You know, all we have to do is make America great again." <laughs> and he just brought to, like the house just erupted, like everybody's, you know. And it's true. I mean, it, had we not gone and ripped down all this stuff, we would be so much further ahead today. Uh, and, and so he makes this really, you know, compelling case and they've got all the great maps and they've got all the great, uh, graphics and Joe himself is kind of a showman. You know, he, uh, he does a really good job presenting this stuff. So it was a ton of fun. And how did the beers with engineers event go? I wasn't, what what even was that? I mean, I know Uh there were beer and I know there were engineers, but beyond Uh that it was a panel or something. Yeah. Um, I was asked to co-host it and I guess I had as much knowledge of what it would be as you do right now uh, when I got there. Um, PBS, Gary Toth, uh, wanted to basically have a forum and I guess he's done this in other places um, where people could just ask engineers questions and kind of demystify uh, the profession and actually put like a, a happy face on things because you know, engineers get a bad rap at times and deservedly Sometimes so. Sometimes from strong towns. <laughs> Sometimes from strong towns. Yeah. So, um, he's a, he's a licensed engineer. I'm a licensed engineer. The two of us hosted it. Um, 
we had an obnoxiously large panel. You you can't have a large panel and get anything done. Um, okay. We had a, like a ridiculously large panel, and there was some questions that had been submitted, and then the audience voted on them, and I wound up kind of posing the questions and trying to you know wrangle this like twelve people on a panel and make sure everybody got to talk, but it wasn't uh, incoherent and that kind of thing. Um, about three fourths of the way through, we let the audience ask some questions and it was a good back and forth. It was a good, uh, give and take and, and good conversation. But I, I think most of it was just to, to get people together and, uh, let them know that engineers are people too, right? And then the debates, uh, that sounded like an exciting lineup of questions and debaters. I know that maybe the recording didn't turn out super great or the I, live stream didn't really I feel happen. bad. I feel bad because it streamed on my personal site instead of, uh, it was, oh, yeah. yeah. So I had, I had, I had all the equipment to stream mm-hmm. and wound up and, and it, it, it basically, I needed my phone, uh, for music and I needed my computer for the video. So I'm searching around for someone. I didn't have you there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have or Kia Max. there. I didn't have Max there. Right. So I'm searching around for someone with a computer and nobody showed up to this event with a computer. Um, It was after everything and everybody just came to hang out and have a dance party. Um, Someone finally showed up with a computer like five minutes before we were supposed to start. And of course it's a Mac and I don't know the first thing about running a Mac. Um, Mm -hmm. Sorry, just never done it. Trying to figure out how to get logged in, you know, get logged into our streaming site, all this. Got it set up, hit start. Uh, it's streamed on mine instead of the strong town. So if you want to see it, my page is public. You can go to follow me on Facebook. The audio isn't actually as bad as I thought it was going to be. I listened to a little bit. It's not great. It's not great, but we're in a big echoey room and it was loud. Um, I use a couple microphones like area mics to directional Mm -hmm. to try to pick it up and it actually did an okay job. Um, so how was the actual content of the debates? Uh, I got to tell you, um, it was a lot of fun. The first yeah. one um, was about infrastructure spending. And mm-hmm. Jonathan Coppage uh, hit hit things out of the park. And I basically like won the whole debate for his okay. team. He got yeah. up and Jonathan, um, he had an argument that was brilliant. He, he said, you know, we're going to spend a trillion dollars. If we do, we're going to get the exact kind of projects that everybody here is lamenting, you know. A bunch of highways, a bunch of, you know, the 22nd and 23rd and 24th lanes on whatever road, you know, we, we don't need this. Um, so he, he, here's my, he's like, here's my plan. I, I want to spend instead of a trillion dollars, a billion dollars. And with a okay. billion dollars, we will get the politicians. And remember, this is a guy from DC who like hangs out with lobbyists and like gets the, uh, what's going on. He goes, we will buy an unlimited supply of ribbon and scissors <laughs> so that everybody can have ribbon cuttings. Um, but uh, we will cut the ribbon into three or four foot lengths. <laughs> so you can have as many ribbon cuttings as you want. We'll provide all the ribbon, but your projects have to be small. That's uh, hilarious. You, know, you, can do, you want to do a sidewalk? We'll give you a ribbon cutting. You want to, you want to get a jitney going? We'll give you a ribbon cutting. You want to do a highway through the middle of your downtown? Sorry, our ribbon's not big enough for that. <laughs> and uh, that is you can imagine with this audience, you know, everybody was, was, you know, 
whooping it up. It was pretty fun. Uh, this, the second topic then was about uh, new urbanism and smart growth. And are they the same or are they not the same? And How did that go? Um, it was, you know what, uh, for a topic that can be kind of touchy around there, um, it was a lot of fun. And I think both sides did a re- both sides were kind of veteran debaters, I think, and they both did a really good job of making it uh, making it fun and not at all like, you know, it, it was th- the last thing it was was mean spirited. It was just like That's they good. used analogies through the whole thing. Laura Clemens got up and she had an analogy between um, uh, Merlot and Bordeaux wines <laughs> Okay. And she's like, you know, we're building like everything we're building is Bud Light, you know, America today. Do we really have to distinguish between Merlot and Bordeaux? Like it's, you know, it's wine. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Michael Hawthorne got up and he came up with something called the Mozan principle. Okay. Uh, there's uh, uh, Hazel and Susan Mozan and Steve Mozan are three people who are fairly prominent at CNU and Susan and Hazel were sitting in the front row. Wait, these people and, are all related? Oh yeah, they're all related. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Susan uh, Henderson, Hazel Boris, and uh, Steve Mozan, they're brothers and sisters. Oh, okay. So he gets up he gets up and he holds up his like iPhone. He's like, here's a picture of, you know, Susan. And according to the other side, and he flips to Hazel, he's like, This is also Susan. <laughs> and then he flips to Steve and he's like, and this is also Susan. So it was uh it was a good it was a it was a good analogy to kind of you know break things apart and discuss some broader issues. So it was a ton of fun. I mean th- these are the the debates I think I've done it 5 times now. Mm-hmm. Um it's always a good time. I mean it's always a lot of fun. And Sounds like a everybody, good group of people. Yeah, we they, they pack the house. We get good music. The audience votes on who, you know, who, whoever moves the audience the most wins. So the audience votes at the beginning and at the end. And, uh, it was, it's just, it's just good entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Andres Duani, uh, Kate Durio and, uh, and John Anderson as judges and they were perfect. Uh, so yeah, it was a ton of fun. And the action does not stop. Tonight, you're speaking for the League of Women Voters in uh, hometown Brainerd. Are you looking forward to that one? You know, it's it's really funny because I speak to audiences of hundreds of people all over the country every week. Thousands. And sometimes. thousands sometimes, actually, yes. And I I don't get uptight about it at all. And I speak to a group of, you know, 30 people here in my hometown and I get all bent out of shape. <laughs> yeah. Cause um, they're going to see you afterwards. Yeah. Well, and, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't walk away from these, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't walk away from the others in the sense that I don't care what happens. Um, but I'm there, yeah. you know, they, they brought me in to, to talk to them about things and I, I give them my thoughts and then, uh, you know, you I, might not be back to that town for years. Right. Forever. Right. Yeah. Well, and I've also found, um, I found this very true about me and I think it's true about just humans in general, but I, I've recognized it in me. Um, when, when I look at my city, I see all the stuff that's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, but I see all the stuff that used to be here. Um, you know, I see where the, the old theater was and is now a parking lot. I see where the old bank was and it's now a parking lot. 
I see where the weeds are growing up in the park and there's all this disinvestment. Um, I, I see this stuff. And, and not only that, but I know the people who voted for this or who caused this to come about or whose neglect is like continuing these things. And yeah. I've talked to them and they've blown me off. And so there's a certain amount of like frustration that I have. When I go to another city, I see it with fresh eyes. And instead of seeing the park it, it, that's kind of run down, I see all the potential to make it great. Mm. Instead of the part, you know, the parking lot that used to be the theater, I see the, the place that could be something new. Mm-hmm. And so what it does is it changes like the tenor and the tone of how I speak when I'm here and when I'm somewhere else, because here it's like a, it's like a personal lament, you know, it's like, I'm, it's like I'm doing a psalm, you know, like a dirge, like, oh, yeah. and, and when I go somewhere else, I can talk about Taco John's in a different way, you know? So it's, it, it, you have that aspect. And I, I think I've gotten, because I've recognized it, I think I've gotten better at it. Um, you know, I think I've gotten better at telling the story here the way I tell it in other places. But it's hard because all those, you know, all the women in the audience tonight will know people or, you know, or have been part of these decisions. Uh, or certainly know people who were, and uh, you know that makes it that ma- that makes it personal for them too. Yeah. When I'm critical, like the Taco John's example, my second cousin was the is the head of the EDA who put that deal together. Um, I have another second cousin. These two are not related, but I'm related to both of them. Uh, I have another second cousin who is actually the manager at the Taco John's. Mm. So when I talk about these things, um. You know, it's deeply, deeply personal. I will say this, and I think that this is a important kind of universal thing for people who struggle in their own places the way that I struggle in mine. Um, younger people see cities as new again. Um, when I when I go around like with my grandfather when he was still alive, or when my 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 dad to a degree now. Um, they will talk about all the stuff that used to be here and they see worse scars than I do because they remember it when it was truly amazing. You know, my my dad was almost in tears once uh, discussing the depot building, the old railroad stop, this beautiful wooden depot building that now we memorialize and, you know, in paintings and photos, you go into restaurants and there's pictures of what the depot, you know, and it's gone. They ripped it down and they built a strip mall. And literally that was the transaction. Let's get rid of this and we'll put in a strip mall. And, um, you know, my dad was almost in tears describing it. I don't have any recollection of it. I don't remember it. It's always been a strip mall. And the thing is for my kids, um, it's, you know, even further removed. So for my kids, they're not seeing, uh, you know, what was lost. They're able to see a little bit more clearly what is possible. And I think they're less encumbered by the failure. And I, I, I just have to be optimistic about that. So that Brainerd event is tonight, and then thankfully you don't have any other events this week, but next week uh, you're heading to Asheville, North Carolina, and Ottawa County, Michigan. And we'll probably, I don't know that we're going to be able to do a podcast next week because you're going to be in Asheville. But You're going to um, have to do it with someone else. Maybe I will. Yeah. Uh, suffice it to say, though, that sounds like a cool event. Um, Asheville is the home of Urban 3, so we're teaming up with them for a series of different things, but especially there will be a public curbside chat on Tuesday, May 16th at 6.30 p.m. 
and I'll include the info about that, and then on to Ottawa County, Michigan. So yeah. we'll report back on that when those are finished. It's uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm excited to hang out with Joe's team, and we did yeah. a little bit of that in Seattle, and it's always um, so helpful. You know, I I wrote on the blog today that I have this thing that I'm working on. I actually am really making a lot of progress on the incremental uh, thing that I've been promising people. What is and, it? Uh, it, well, I'm, I'm, I want to write a series of answering those questions people had about incremental growth. You know, what do you mean? Why does it, why does it work this way? Um, okay. you know, and I, I, Josh, uh, with urban three, I went through the whole thing with him and he of course added all kinds of stuff and all kinds of maps and all kinds of data. So now I'm busy, like, in, you know, we're going to meet next week and chat about this, but I'm going to try to incorporate, uh, a whole bunch of examples. So it's not just me and my theoretical sense of how things should be, but actually, uh, you know, some real good data. For for instance, one of the things that uh, that I was previewing for Josh was this redevelopment ratio, the idea of buildings and land having a certain ratio to each other. And, and once you reach a certain point, uh, there's a natural tendency in, in traditional development patterns for redevelopment. Uh, we've arrested that in modern times because, like I've said many times, we build to a finished state. When we build, everything is done and there's no anticipation of any further increment. One of the distorting things about this is that you get a place like Charlotte, um, where Urban 3 has done a ton of modeling. It, it's Charlotte or Charleston. Now, I think it's Charleston. And the old part of Charleston uh, where you have these, you know, multi-million dollar homes. They're just amazing. They're gorgeous. They're just, it's beautiful. It's one of the, it's one of the greatest little chunks of urban life in all of North America. Uh, but when you look at the land, the land is worth double the amount of the buildings at, at least. Um, that's not like a viable, you know, economic situation. Yeah. And we're going to explain why. And Josh is going to, you know, give me some of that data from, from Charleston so we can show, like, really, Charleston shouldn't exist. Charleston should be far more developed than it actually is. Um, but before you cringe at that, like, oh, no, we, you know, what would we do without Charleston? The rest of America should look like Charleston. Mm. <laughs> you know, what, what happened is Charleston was like a great place that just got kind of like arrested in its development and then put under glass as a museum piece. And now we look at it and say, oh, how amazing. We should just have a lot more Charlestons. So when can we expect that uh, article or series of articles to be? Written? I don't know. I'm hoping before the end of the month. So let's, let's shoot for that. Okay. Sounds good. I'd like to take a moment to welcome and thank our new and renewing members of Strong Towns. This uh, last week, Spencer Boomhauer of Portland, Oregon. John Hawkins of Duval, Washington, Janet Holliker of Schenectady, New York, George Liu of Eindhoven in the Netherlands, Matt Solomon of Washington, D.C., and Blaine Strickland of Orlando, Florida. All of those people joined us. Thank you so much, you guys, for your support. Especially yes, thank you. the person in the Netherlands. Uh, glad That's pretty awesome. Glad I was reaching all the way out there. Just amazing. Yeah, thank you so much. Chuck, have you done any interesting reading? these last few weeks i've been i've been going through a book uh called the true flag uh which is let me get the uh let me get the uh sub heading on this one 
Um, Theodore Roosevelt, Mark Twain, and the birth of American Empire. Hmm. And it, it's, it's about, um, you know, not only Cuba, uh, but also basically the U.S. war with Spain and the taking of Hawaii, Guam, the Philippines, uh, just basically the beginnings of what has kind of grown into uh, American empire. Mm. And I, I think the thing that is fascinating about it is the, the debate and the tenor of the debate. You know, we, we often, it seems like our politics today, like we're in the end times, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just the way we talk about things and the way we go back and forth and, and yeah. every little nuance is, is, uh, you know, the apocalypse is near. You you get the same. I mean, I've read some of this with like the lead up to the Civil War, and you get the same kind of thing. It's fascinating here on this thing that we kind of look back at, and I think historically almost uh, nostalgize today. Um, I, I'm not sure if we're correct in doing that, but you know, we nostalgize Teddy Roosevelt for certain, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a, 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 the Rough Riders and all this. When you go back to the day, I mean, the, there were people like ripping up the Declaration of Independence. Like we've just walked all over uh, what it means to be America. Mm-hmm. There were these huge debates about, you know, we fought for our freedom and independence. And now we're going overseas and enslaving people who simply want to be free. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really tumultuous uh, debate that was going on. And I think it's a good reminder that, you know, even though now... I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay the seriousness of things, mm-hmm. um, but we've been, we've been here before, you know, we've been in, in serious political situations before, and I think it's good to study them and kind of get a sense of, okay, our democracy is pretty resilient. Let's, uh, let's take down the, the, the tenor and, and, you know, try to work through some of these things. I'm about three fourths of the way through it and I can't wait to get back to it. It's a, it's a really fascinating read. Cool. Sounds interesting. You also published uh, a little piece today on our website with three videos that people can check out, kind of on different topics. But um, if the book recommendations are not your thing, check out those different um, short form videos that Chuck posted. Um, those are also educational on a variety of topics. They've been sitting on my hard drive since March, and I've been wanting to share them. Oh, okay. And just haven't. And, and I, I kind of you know started digging into something last night and then got about halfway through and realized I, I need to – do some research before I publish this. So I, yeah, I put that together and I, I hope people um, get a chance to go through at least one of those videos. They're, they're all three worth your time. I've got some books that are waiting for me at the library that I need to pick up about Spanish history, which I'm looking forward to reading because we're going there on our honeymoon in about a month. So I want to like yeah. get all that background about there's so much interesting religious and cultural history there. So I'm looking forward to the history of Spain, Spain, sp- the like country. Spain. Yeah. Fascinating. Spain had, um, you know, with their Western, uh, exploration, uh, Spain was the one European country that essentially made it r- rich with gold. Yeah. And, um, it's fascinating to read. I mean, I've read kind of like the economic history of Spain and gold mm-hmm. and it's, it's absolutely fascinating because they basically bankrupted their country through inflation. Hmm. You know, everybody was after gold and uh, all of a sudden Spain, it was just overflowing and everybody had gold. And what it did is it just like jacked the prices way up for everything. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, just completely kind of de- it, it made their it made them do ridiculous things economically uh, that ultimately bankrupted them. And I think it's a it's a really cool uh, it's it's a really neat lesson in what striking it rich can actually do to <laughs> to you. Yeah. Um, Spain for a long time was like the unrivaled economic power of Europe. And it was like a flash in the pan in that sense. So, yeah, I would love to tell to, when you get if you get a good book, let me know. I will do that. Before we close, you mentioned that you would like to host a Slack chat this week. Any thoughts on the topic for that? I Slack chatted you uh, saying, hey, I'm in the office all week. We should do a Slack chat. Yes. And then you Slack chatted me and said, what topic? And then I sat and said, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll think of I mean, I, for you then. Yeah. Or I think, you know, if people just want to chat, I mean, I, I think that. Um, yeah, we could do an open one. Know, we don't necessarily need to have a topic. I'm more than happy to sit around for an hour and just uh, dedicate my time. People ping me a lot on Slack and I try to get back to them. Uh, but especially on the general channel, when there's so much conversation going on, it's sometimes hard to go back and find it and, and yeah, it know, is. contribute again. Yeah, especially when I'm traveling and it's, you know, I can't instantly sit down and, and dialogue with people. So, yeah, let's just do it open. And uh, anybody that wants to participate, I, I love doing it. I love, uh, you know, answering, answering questions and, and talking about whatever's on people's mind. Sounds good. I'll put that on the calendar uh, and I'll add in the show notes uh, what time we decide on. It'll probably be Wednesday afternoon since that looks open. So All everyone right. Sounds should perfect. join us for that one. All right, guys. Well, we are wrapping up, but we'll have a great podcast for you on Thursday that I'm looking forward to listening to. So take care, everyone, and have a great week. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.